Welcome to the Digital Side Hug. It's uh, David Rubio here, and it's and I've got JP Cook. Hey, David. Good to K- be here. JP, do I call you JP or do I call you John Paul? What do you want? I, either one's great. <laughs> uh, John Paul is, well, first of all, you know, I could introduce you, but I think it might be more fun for you to tell the listening audience uh, what you're doing here. Let's start here. Why? I think you're amazing. <laughs> what? Why do I like you so much? <laughs> I I think too much and talk too much. I, I'm not really sure. <laughs> well, our paths crossed a few years ago. Uh-huh. A little, yeah. Thanks little, to Walter Strudacki, probably. Two right. and a half years ago. Yeah. And how did you come to be employed here at Otter Creek? Well, I was a student at Lipscomb University. Um, and there was a program there where they matched students up with churches. So, so you and I interviewed a couple years ago. Um, and I, I worked here for two years on, a, I guess, an internship of sorts. We, uh, we call it an apprenticeship program. And so that was an opportunity for me to learn from you and for you to put me on whatever sorts of labor <laughs> that you wanted to. Um, and, and we became friends through that uh, and have continued to keep up as I've gone on to graduate studies. So, uh, so most people who listen to this podcast have some connection to youth ministry. Uh, youth ministers that are listening to this will understand that oftentimes it's the people who work in our ministries that become our, our closest friends. Uh, we just end up spending so much time with the volunteers in our ministry, mm-hmm. uh, and in this case, a paid uh, apprentice, that you sort of had a, this title of intern during the summer, but during the school year, it was a paid apprenticeship, at least paid during one of your two years. Uh, the local university here, and you <clears throat> mentioned uh, that Walter Sudaki's name, Dr. Sudaki, has been on the side hug, and he set this program up. So you volunteered... Um, about 10 hours a, a, a week during your first or your sophomore year. That's right, yeah. Uh, and then you did a full-time apprenticeship, which we paid you full-time for. And then you got paid for those two, 10 hours a week during your second year with us, your junior year. Yeah, and I worked full-time during the summers. That's right, so you did was, two summers. We, we can't really count how many hours we spent right. doing that, right? But if the IRS is listening, it was, you know, 40 hours a exactly. week. Exactly. So. <laughs> um, and and we, uh, we made a lot of memories. A and, lot. It was fun. Had yeah. had a lot of fun. Yes, um, we share something in common too. We both enjoy the sound of our own voice. <laughs> <laughs> a little too much at times. Yeah, it was but good. I I loved. You know, I found out during our two years together, and and this actually started the day we interviewed you. We were the, we did this speed dating thing up at Lipscomb University, and uh, youth ministry majors are walking around to the tables of different churches and different uh-huh. ministries and having conversations. I don't know, twenty twenty or thirty minute conversation about mm-hmm. the potential to work with this church, and then we would, you know Walter would ring a bell or something, and we'd rotate around. And I and I just I liked the way you thought about questions, and I liked the questions that you asked, and I liked the critical approach to to even you know the most sort of uh, seemingly basic ideas to you became you know sort of magical moments of wonder, uh, and and I suspected I would really I would really enjoy that, <laughs> and I did. You you were a lot of fun to have on staff with us. But that's not thank what, you. That's that not was... what you're doing now. You graduated from Lipscomb. No. Tell, tell us real quick before we do our lightning round. Uh, get to know me, JP. Uh, where are you now, and what are you doing? So so I've moved to Princeton, New Jersey. Uh, me and my fiance Lauren Calvin for for now for a few more months. Uh, we've moved up there, and uh, we're working on our Master's of Divinity uh, at Princeton Seminary. Uh, having a great time, learning a lot, doing more reading than I've ever done in my life, um, making some great friends and some exciting new memories, and yeah, just kind of figuring out new adventures and, and journeys together. So it's been a lot of fun. So you're engaged. You're yeah, engaged I got to engaged um, just before Christmas. Just before Christmas. Yeah. So we're halfway through our engagement, I guess. Um, and then this summer in June, uh, we're getting married. So really excited about that. It's uh, Engaged life is a blast. I, I'm blessed to have way too much fun these days. So, so three months till you get yeah, married. Yeah, June 6th. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to talk about uh, apprenticeships and internships and what it means to okay, be, yeah. be in a youth ministry and learn and also, you know, sort of what, what you learned and how you learned it and what are some things that, that can bless youth ministers as they think about how to use interns in their ministries. Uh, but let's do a get to know me first. Okay. Um, okay. The question I'm going to start with is what is the best all-time trilogy? Your favorite all-time Ooh, okay. favorite trilogy. Is this... 
is this in film or books or video games or yes. albums? The answer is yes. Oh. However you interpret the word trilogy. Okay, this could be so because you could you could go with Lord of the Rings, you could go with the Synoptic Gospels, you could. <laughs> uh, okay, favorite trilogy. Um. Mm. You know, at, at the moment, and this is going to be horrible because I love the books, but I, I really like the Lord of the Rings films. Yeah. And so that's going to be, at the, at the moment, I'm going okay. with that, even though some people might hate me for that. Um, yeah. And the first Bourne trilogy is great, too, if you just want to waste some time and have some good action. The, You're uh, talking about watching the movies or, yeah, or yeah, reading yeah, the, the books? Well, the, the first book is really good. I haven't read the other two. I need to. I've the, heard the books, great. I, yeah. The, the, the Bourne the, identity is thrilling as a novel. It's, it um, is. And and if you yeah the novels are very different from the books but the, and the movies are good too uh, okay so describe um, the, the ultimate road trip playlist the ultimate road yeah trip you're on playlist. a road trip okay and what kind of songs am yeah. I playing what are you listening to so this one of my favorite things to do um, is to play Living on a Prayer about halfway through the road trip um, just because it's fun to sing and say that we're halfway there that sort of thing um, there's um, I think it's Diddy's I'm Coming Home that's always great as you you know get off the interstate and you come okay. into your neighborhood that's one of my favorites to you know I'm back where I belong I've okay. never felt so strong that sort of thing right um, so I, I, I like to play things that fit up you know where you are in your road trip right um, if you have someone in your car who's having a really um, crummy day or they're just being kind of a like a grouch about everything there's a Chris Rice song called um whew, what is it um uh, so much for my sad song or something like that and he starts that he's describing how he's going to go out and he's going to read the newspaper and it's going to rain he's going to he's going to write this great sad song that's going to make everyone sad and cry and it just goes horribly wrong and somehow it's all sunshine and happiness and he just can't help but sing about how much he loves this person that he's with um, and so it just doesn't work out the way he intended and I always love to play that song if I'm writing with someone who's kind of, you know, turning everything a little negative, and it's just hard not to smile when you hear it. So that's, that's, that's a song. my favorites. It, it's actually a song that I'm wanting to hear right now. So I'm, I'm going, I'm going to, to, we're going to go from Chain Reaction to this song by Chris Rice. Now, um, it, it may for a moment feel a little like we've taken a turn, you know, toward melancholy in our podcast, but you assure us it's going to, it's going to pick up. I, yes, it's gonna yes. make us smile. This uh, music. Okay. If, you, if you wait, if you make it through the verse, get through the chorus. It, yeah, it's a. Uh, okay, so nice what, perk to JP? It. What is your go-to carbonated beverage? Mm. Cherry vanilla Coke. All right. Um, your favorite Lincoln Brewster song? No, hold up on that. I'll give you a moment to think about it because I want this song to play a little bit because eventually we're gonna jump to Lincoln Brewster. All right. What's the worst grade? You ever made the worst grade I ever? Because I'm made. asking you that you're probably the smartest. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, intern I've ever had. Well, I've done bad on something. I, there is um. <laughs> I've done bad on no, no, something. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, even like in grad school, you know, it's a great, it's a great way to realize like you're not all that smart, right? And, and your professors like to remind you yes. that sometimes. So, but um, actually, the worst grade I probably made probably in uh, my Greek class my freshman year. Um, undergrad in undergraduate work with Dr. Goldman right, um, we, we had quizzes every week um, and so uh, on a vocabulary quiz I'm sure that I had one where I, I probably got like a C or a D or something like that um, and it, it, no, it, it, it were kind of like daily quizzes so I, it didn't like change no, no. over the course as much but that was probably the lowest I've gotten I, I think what about um, a, cl a class like a grade in a class a grade you, in a class yeah, like, so like you, a course as a whole yeah um, I think uh, probably a, a B um, do you remember what the class was um, this past semester in missional theology. Yeah. Missional theology with? Uh, Daryl Guter. He's a guy at Princeton. Okay. Uh, he just retired, actually, um, but has done a lot of writing in, in, in the field. Um, and, and Very thoughtful, nice. Uh, I didn't know him, but he. Um, I learned a lot from him about church history and, and missional theology, obviously. JP, right? I'm, man, I didn't know you were capable of a B. I'm proud of you. I'm Absolutely very capable of bees, David. Absolutely capable of bees. All right. NCs. Your sophomore year, describe your haircut and then tell us why. <laughs> okay. So my, my haircut, when you met me, I am... Um, it was a bowl cut, right? It was, um, it was very symmetrical. It, was, it wasn't long enough to be like the cool old Beatles look, right? But it was like if I gave it more time, it might have gotten to that... 
But there was nothing cool about it. No. Um, no. And I say that you know how much I love you, and we we've I talked love about me it too, before. and I know it, I understand. Um, I was. You tell, know, tell us why why that haircut? Because now at the time, did you knew it was not cool? Yes, yes, you, that you, is you, true. I remember <laughs> thinking this guy is sticking with that cut. He knows. So talk us through that. Why did I have it? Yeah. Um, I don't like to spend a lot of time having to worry about my hair, right? I um, I like symmetry, you know. So it all look at the, uh, which is weird, right? Um, it, you know, also, I like the idea of people getting to know me, um, I think it sounds cliche, but you know, for who I was, quote unquote, right? Um, and, and not having to, I don't know, yeah, like put on or anything. You know? right. So it was, um, I mean, I got some snickers about it, and it's not much better now. It's a little, it actually looks pretty similar. There was a young man in the youth group who every day would come in, Sam would, um, Hearn would come in every Sunday and Wednesday whenever he saw me. He'd come over and brush my hair over to the side. Um, not too different from the way it looks now, so perhaps... As I influence, I have been influenced. Uh, but but those, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so we, it's been long enough. Keep going on away from that, right? <laughs> Favorite Lincoln Brewster song. It's time for more okay, music. Let me um, pull up my phone real quick because I, I, you know, sometimes you remember like the, the track number. Oh yeah, yeah. And but you don't always remember, you know, which which name it is. And the reason I'm bringing this up, I know for a fact that you you like Lincoln Brewster as a guitarist yeah. and a Christian. So musician. I'm going to say, give him praise. And it, tell us why. Um, and like, well, let, hold on. Let's play it now. I love the guitar on this song. I love getting to hear worship that is like, that sounds good. <laughs> um, and so it's just, it's a good, it's a fun, upbeat song. Another one, if you go to his Christmas album, it's called um, Miraculum or something like that. It's an instrumental thing where he blends all these different Christmas, you know, carols together in a really cool, reminds you of the, what, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra yeah, kind yeah. of thing. It's, it's that sort of thing, except, yeah, it's, it's just, it's him doing it. It's very cool. Um, and you are a guitarist. Well, that's a bit of a stretch. I, I, I play a little guitar. Um, yeah. <laughs> And I have a guitar. I remember being on a road trip with you one time where the, we were sort of, it was like, hey, everybody get your phone out and now play the song that's most likely to make everyone cry. And now play, you know, uh -huh. you, you suggested play your favorite guitar song. And all these teenagers in the car, nobody really had a guitar uh, song it's on all, their iPod. It's all iPhone. drums and unsk, unsk, you know, right? <laughs> um, and you were like, give me some Lincoln Brewster. I remember thinking... I love Lincoln Brewster. I, I think I used realize. Boston. I think I won that round. Yeah, you did. Probably. You won. That's I right. think it was peace of mind, maybe. I don't know. Okay, so tell us the best and worst thing about Princeton Theological Seminary. Best thing about being there. Now, you're you're in Lauren's your first there. year. <laughs> okay, so the best <laughs> thing. My, yeah, that may be unfair. That, that's I'm not cheating. Gonna, okay. That's cheating, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So I can't say that my study buddy happens to go to school with me and we're yeah. getting married and that's okay. No, no I'm not going to allow it. And Lauren, with all due respect, I mean, clearly his answer just indicates that you're his favorite thing about most things. You know, <laughs> being alive on earth. Uh, what about being a student at Princeton Theological Center? Um, the best thing and then the worst. Tons of, of resources. So the library has anything you want to read, you can find it. The professors have read and written so many things. So so many great resources, both human and, and, and material to yeah. pull from, to ask good questions. And so it's just really exciting to have these diversity of voices and to wade through that and say, you know, this is an idea I never heard and I love it. This is an idea I never heard and I wonder if it's Harris. You know, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great to think through those and ask good <laughs> questions. And there's a great community of other people that are asking really good, thoughtful questions. Good. Um, okay. And Princeton and, is a beautiful town. Okay. So worst thing, uh, the beauty worst of the town thing, and the resources. At the moment, the worst thing is beautiful. Princeton is, and the first snow is gorgeous. But until I came back here on, on spring break. I had not seen grass since January, and after it snows, it kind of melts into like ice and slush, and it rains over, and it gets kind of gray as it mixes in with the road and the asphalt, and it, it just gets kind of nasty. It's gross. Uh, <laughs> and so you just don't want to go outside, and you wear jackets and jeans for days, and everything's kind of like, 
let's, why didn't I go to Pepperdine to the beach, right? Um, so that's okay. the worst thing at the moment. All right, um, all right, good. Well, but. thank you for that. And, and of course, uh, you know, we know you love, love being there. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, and God is using the air. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit, perhaps. When have you, and this is from uh, Morris Gregoire, Dr. Okay. Gregoire, okay. asking can be fun. When have you privately celebrated the demise of an article of clothing from your significant other's wardrobe? <laughs> That's a good question. I um, I don't know if I have one off the top of my head at the moment. I don't okay. know. Me and, uh, and Lauren have dated for a little over a year, and, and so I, there will probably be something, but has pretty good taste, actually. Well, let's ask you this. Is there a, is there a current article of clothing that you will Wait, no, tell me. I have celebrate. one. No, I do have one. I do have one. <laughs> okay, good. I, and this is actually, I feel passionately about There was... And Lauren may hear this podcast. There was another so dude. be careful. Before... Lauren and I were friends, and we talked, but we weren't... We were not dating or, or in a, a relationship, so have you, correct, right? <laughs> and there was an, a, another man, and in my opinion, a complete loser... <laughs> Come on. And this man... Is there any way he's going to listen to this podcast? <laughs> no, he doesn't do youth ministry. I'm not going to talk about his name or what he does. But anyway, he gave Lauren a purse. And I hated that purse from the moment I saw it. I hated it. The, and she continued to use it because it, it was it's, it was kind of cute. And, and recently, you know, it, as it started to fall apart, I just... I, I had joy in every moment, every tear of that purse. And eventually, she she discarded it, and she has a new purse now, and I, and I love it. By you love the new purse mainly because it's not associated with anyone. So yeah. I, I yeah I you know John Paul your boyfriend it's a jealous boyfriend. I Did guess, you right? guys <laughs> ever? No, I, you know I hate that this could get touchy. Did you ever get in a fight over the purse? No, I don't think. I probably should have said something because I hated it. Yeah. But I, I didn't want to you, seem petty, right? Yeah, so you and packed so, it in. So, so I didn't actually. Eventually, she brought it up, and then, and I was kind of like, yeah, I've always really hated that okay. person. And then it wasn't too long after that she ended up getting a, a new person. So that was so. But there was never a fight over it. But uh, but she realized after the fact when she got the new purse how much I, I hated the old. That is a great story. <laughs> All right, JP. Um, now this is a push the button question. So okay. The last of our love pushing button. Last here. of our lightning get to get to know me. Um, if you press, there's a button in front of you. And okay. If you press it, you may never go online again in any form. You may never, you may never access the internet. I, and I seem significantly less smart in like three seconds because of that. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. correct. Okay. Okay. So no internet. If, if I push it. If you push it, you no okay. more access to the internet in any way, shape, or form. Okay, okay. If you do not press it, then when you get online, you must read 100% of the comments oh. that are associated with any news story, any If I open it, I have post. to read all the comments. Yes. And that includes if you open up a Netflix movie... You've got I've to read, read every review, every comment. I yes. actually like film reviews. That was if if I had, a, a, but um, aside from that, okay, this is hard. <laughs> um, I really feel like though, not pushing the button seems clearly preferable because I can choose not to to, to ever go to those places. That's right. So That's so right. clearly, and, and and I could ask Lauren to, to to go and look at the movie where I didn't have That's to. That's right. Or I could say, hey, David, can you tell me about the article? But um, but that's a hard one because comments. You and I have talked about this recently. How um, what's the word? Life taking, shall we say? Yeah. Reading internet comments can yeah. be uh, on anything, be it sports or or film or uh, or church stuff. As we've talked about lately, some of our our friends and what they went through uh, with some stuff. But uh, yeah, um, yes. Yeah, the question is. Entitled. So I'm not going to push the button, but it um, but it's th that's still a little frightening to to live with. Looking at every comment on every article that I read now. It, it would almost, I mean, it, it, the idea behind the question, of course, is how, how much are you willing to give up in order to avoid these... The negativity. Yeah, well, there's some just, good things. Yeah, but it's so negative, easy though. for, yeah. in, a, in a kind of comment online way to, to, to just, I don't, just to be... I don't know, a, a jerk, you know, or to, <laughs> or to say something you would not say to an actual human. You feel like you can throw it out there. And before long, as you're reading these, you know, unless, you know, I tend to laugh at, at many comments that I think are ridiculous. 
Um, but eventually it's, it just gets to the point where you think, what, how, what, what is happening to us? And so, yeah, I, I wanted that question in there because I know we have, you and I both, you know, have sort of thought about this a lot. You know, what, what does it mean that, that we all or that so many people feel like they have to have an online presence to comment on whether it is a news story or a controversial topic, you know, um, and then why so many people feel the need to attack someone else's <laughs> yeah. position? It's to the point now where it's almost like, what is is anything helpful going to show up in the comment section of any yeah, of these things? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like something almost dehumanizing can happen in the same way like when you get into a car right and you you know you don't see other people and they don't know who you are and you may have a name or you may see a license plate but you don't actually you're not interacting face to face and there's something where you you treat people differently in a car right and you know and and it's uh, i think something similar happens on the internet where you uh, similar anger towards each other but but, um you know it's also nasty it's it's not just the nasty stuff too though it's also the way teenagers feel pressured to say something nice, you know, to say, <laughs> yeah, you know, so you you change your profile picture from the old bowl cut to a new, you know, parted on the side look, and 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 I feel the pressure to tell you that you look so handsome, or you what a perfect haircut, or or you know. You're perfect. And I if I you... don't get enough likes, then clearly I take down it's, the picture. That's right. You, you um, got to find something new. It's like, it just, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I find it very interesting. Okay. With this podcast, what I thought we would do is transition to talk about your, your apprenticeship. And I'm not sure how many more minutes we have left, but let's just start taking some of your favorite memories from your two years here as you worked with our youth ministry. And again, um, you, you did... 10, 10 hours a week through the school year as you uh-huh. were doing full-time school uh, and, and studying youth ministry there. And then you, you did full-time in the summers. So let's start with, um, before we get started on the memories, is there anything you can say about the difference between what you learned as a, as a ministry student in the summers and what you learned as a, as a student in the school year as you watched our ministry take shape during the school year? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, you're dealing with the same students, right? So there's similarities, but there's a very different rhythm. So like for Otter Creek, you know, our summers are go all the time. And it's, you know, it's like sprinting and then you stop to rest for a weekend. And and there's more of a steady rhythm, on the other hand, um, during the school year. You, you know, intentionally set things up so that you don't have too many events sometimes. Because we have a lot of students that are, are really busy with school and sports. And we try to set it up so that they have time to devote to their families and to their work, but also time to come together as a community and youth group. Um, so I realized, you know, planning works a little differently then. Um, it was exciting to kind of have that consistent time each week, though, because I found like teaching classes, I had more opportunities to do that during the school year where I might teach, you know, a semester long course um, we might we did Nehemiah one semester, you right, and I, or right. uh, difficult questions I taught one on. Um, whereas during the, you know the summer, it's more of like this week we're we're doing camp. This next week we're doing a mission trip. This next week yeah. we're what have you? It's more of little bite sized moments where we you know go all out on something for 24, 48 hours, um, and then we're on a different experience. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you had to have this kind of more long drawn out over the school year. Um, it was also interesting too to do youth ministry and something else, right? So like during the school year, I'm a student and I'm also a youth minister. During the summers, all I'm doing, I'm immersed, I'm living, breathing youth ministry. But during the school year, you know, I, I would be, I'm in class, I'm learning about physics or, or youth ministry sometimes, if, you know, in a course. Uh, and then I'm going and I'm applying those things or, you know, that sort of thing. So there's a more different parts of my life, I guess, right? I uh, Yeah, the, the, the pace <clears throat> of ministry, youth ministry is so different um, in the two, you know, in school mm-hmm. year versus, versus the summers. And I like that idea that in the school year, you are forced as a student to put some boundaries up for ministry. You know, you, you've got to say no um, to, to the youth ministry at times because you've got classes that you will fail if you say yes to everything that comes along. Whereas in the summers, it's it's a little easier to let yourself go, 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 say yes to as much as you can, you know, because you can sleep later or something like that. And when you're a single student who doesn't have family as yourself does, there's, I mean, there's nothing else to do except youth right. ministry. And um, 
I'm going to throw this in here. Here is a, a, just a, a sneak peek of memories and things yeah, yeah. I learned from. Right well, now, we can transition. Right. So, so one thing that's you know a, a difficult thing in youth ministry if you're if you're an intern is you don't really have a peer group, right? Because on the one hand, you're building all these incredible relationships with students, but your students that you're working with aren't peers in the same way. There's certain right. boundaries. There's certain things that are appropriate and inappropriate. Um, you know, last fall we had a. Thing at, at Princeton about sexual ethics and ministry, and there's all kinds of things you have to keep in mind about, you know, yes. how to spend time with students and what's helpful and unhelpful. And you're, you're a minister; it's part of your job too. And in that context, where you're in the summer, you know, you don't really have peer relationships. So one thing I was going to say actually that was really helpful to me was that you and I became friends um, through the experience. And so you you got to know me not just as a coworker but as a friend. So I got to kind of vent and have adult conversations, yeah. not that teens aren't capable of having great conversations, but to talk about what we were doing and working, kind of get, kind of drop some of the walls and relax yeah. a little bit. Because um, that's one difficult thing as an intern is you go a few months and you're kind of, it's wonderful, but you don't really have peer friends in the same way, except for, at least in my case, the, the other interns and the youth ministry staff. I know some youth ministry interns try to get involved with college ministries, but during the summer, those don't really do a lot because a lot of schools are out of session. So it's... Um, that's good. That That's goes good. off of your question a little as a tangent, but, um, but it was something I thought was interesting and, and helpful to me was the relationship that you and I formed. So whether it was talking or, or you know, watching a movie, just being able to kind of relax and chill. I remember me and the other interns looked forward to moments where we got to spend time together as a staff yeah. to kind of talk about what we had been doing and not just be with 15-year-olds. And this might be a good time to mention <clears throat> that both of your summers, we had two high school interns and two middle school interns. And, and so and there two was... two youth ministers. So there were about six of us. Yeah, there was a team of about six people um, that, that got to do that, you know, and sort of have those those peer relationships, whereas during the school year, you've got those everywhere on campus. You know, exactly. you've got those in your life. Uh, that's a really, so you, I, I mean, if you didn't have that, I'm guessing your the, the flip side of that would be, you could imagine, it would be easy to imagine how at the end of a summer, you're you're empty. I mean, you're just, you're spent and it's you're- It's a little isolating. Yeah, um, isolating. So, so my first summer, um, I, I, I not interned with Outer Creek. I interned at another church, and I, there weren't other interns. I was the only person there. Um, in my only real relationships, it was me and the youth minister. And then, you know, I hung out with students and some people in the churches. But yeah, it's a little you kind of miss getting yeah. to be around other people um, your age, right? <clears throat> um, what is something else that you from your apprenticeship, a memory that is up there at the top that teaches you? Uh, some things that maybe we can learn from as we try to craft internships for those that uh, work in our ministry. So, so one theme I realized is a lot of my favorite memories came from moments where you gave me opportunities to lead and kind of trusted um, me as a minister. So I was thinking of um, specifically two summers in a row. We had a, a mission trip, I guess is what we'll call it. It was called REACH. And we went to a, another local church about a half hour, 40 minutes away from us. We took about 20 of our teens and we put on a day camp. And the teens would go and they would teach classes. They would do games and do small groups. and For, for inner city children. Yeah, inner city youth at this, at this really small church, but in a, in a location um, with a lot of yeah, young people in, in, um, in government housing, that sort of thing. Um, and what you did is you actually didn't come on those trips. Instead, because you were busy doing other things at those times, at, um, before the summer even started, you kind of told me, hey, John Paul, Reach is going to be your gig. And so you set me up and you, you trusted me to be able to lead and to kind of call the shots on that. Um, and and it, it was really exciting. I learned a lot from it. But you also set me up to, to do really well, right? So you gave me this opportunity to go and to write all the curriculum. And you let me kind of draft the adult volunteers that I wanted. And you let me kind of put the teams together and divide up the youth and, and how we were going to run things and set up the schedule. Um, but you were there as a resource for me. And you made sure that I had really great adult volunteers. So even though, you know, it was kind of frightening because I was, um, I guess, like 19 the first time I did right. this. And I was I was leading a trip. I was responsible for about 20 high school students. And I actually had five adults who were twice my age or more, way right. more experienced <clears throat> than me, some of them way right. more experienced at youth ministry than me, that I was supposed to be leading. Yeah. Um, and it meant a lot to me that you trusted me and that you gave me a chance to kind of have to lead on my own because, you know, there's something different as an intern, right? When when you're there and the youth minister is kind of there, they're running things and you kind of have your little, you're part of the, the, the mm -hmm. event, right? So like you teach and I maybe get, you know, five, ten minutes and it's 
it just kind of works that way. It's, it's different. Clearly, whenever, you know, the youth minister is present, the intern is the intern. And it's a different experience when you have to, you know, kind of go out there on your own yeah. um, and deal with it. Um, so that meant a lot to me. And, and I, I learned so much from, from having to do that. So, um, yeah. I, that's that's really cool to hear you say that. Um, the, there's a difference between putting you in charge of a class that I sit in the back of the room and watch. <laughs> yeah. And putting you in charge of a class that, you know, that I leave and and in a different building you or went a to another part state. of the town because <laughs> time, yeah you know if I'm standing in the back of the room you're in charge maybe but if two students start fist fighting in the room I can say David help break this I'm, up you know I'm I'm immediately going to jump in you know versus um, the the other where you, you know it's it's kind of like now you have got to learn that's mm-hmm. cool well, awesome I'm I'm glad that that was a blessing to you what 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 else um. So that meant like, uh, communication was really helpful um, on the front end and afterwards with different things. I think d- be more specific. I will. I will. Yeah. So so um, our, like our intern retreat at the beginning of the semester, we got together and planned out what we were going to do, and we talked about what we were doing and why it was important. We planned those together, and you did a good job communicating expectations to me. I feel like um, you know this is the event. This is what your job is, and this is kind of what I'm expecting. And sometimes. Uh, you're, you're actually pretty open to excitement and adventure. And a lot of times you would say, you know, I'm kind of, I don't really have an expectation here. I, you know, again, I trust you to, to use your gifts and, and figure out, you know, something here. And so one moment you might let me do whatever. And then other times you had something really, you know, detailed that you wanted. And, yeah. and it, so that was really helpful, different types of communication. Um, similar to, you know, the, the retreat um, where we got together with you and, and me, the other interns, the youth ministers, we planned out this summer. And that, you know, that was on the front end communication. Right. That's Another beforehand. thing that was helpful is we had these debrief meetings often after, if we had like a week-long camp or, or a class we taught. And not everyone likes this sort of thing, but I feel like you and I love getting to, to talk about what we've done. And so to come back from, from a camp or a mission trip and to sit down for a half hour, an hour and talk about what went well, what didn't go so well, what do we learn from this? Yeah. And, well, and, and what do we learn from what went well? And what do we learn from what went wrong? You know, what, yeah. what, like things go wrong can be, that can be what you learn the most from. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so what did we hate about this trip? Right. How do we make that better next year? Well, and, <laughs> and you, okay, so you brought this up. I love, though, and one of the things that was so fun about, about having you on staff was you also wanted to know why. Yes. You know, if so, so it, there was always the question, okay that we did that and it it's kind of maybe it's obvious why it worked or it didn't work but but what were you thinking you know you were asking me what was the thought process that went into this ridiculous game that was chaotic and everyone seemed to be frustrated you know but tell me why you did you know you liked to ask the question why so the debriefs you know and you mentioned it it would sometimes last a long time. Our debriefs could be quite lengthy. And those were definitely, I, I would say as an intern, those were probably more helpful for me than you, honestly, right? Because you've been doing this for a while. Those were yeah. moments for me to say, hey, David, I, you know, I want to work in ministry one day. This is, you know, how do I learn from these moments? You know, what are you thinking about? You've done this a few times before. Yeah. You know, what sure. was different or the same about this? Um, and so, and maybe you got something out of it. Those were great moments for me, very valuable as far as, you know, learning and in the future. And I think I, I probably got better through my internship as I got to ask those questions. You know, so maybe the first summer to actually intern two years, right? And so coming back the second year, doing an event again and keeping in mind, you know, comments and thoughts and dreams and nightmares from the year before. Yeah, yeah right. Kind right. of going in. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's a key because a lot of times... Um, we maybe we youth ministers ex, ex, expect that everybody's going to catch on to why it is we're doing what we're doing, you know. But those people that maybe are in our charge to learn about becoming ministers themselves, uh, I think maybe it's dangerous to assume that you're going to uh, know immediately why it is that we craft our classes this way or why we divide up students like we do or why we allow everybody to choose the Sunday morning class that they go to resulting in 97 people in one class <laughs> and six in another class. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense. It's not real efficient. So there's got to be a reason why we do that. You know, I I think maybe maybe just taking the time to do that because there, there were times where you would, you would come back a week or two later and say, don't forget 
I'd like to debrief. Like I'd, I'd like to talk about why you handled <laughs> Can that we talk situation about that yeah, way. Yeah. Um, because you, you know, I think that's good. That's good. Uh, those moments meant a lot to me. Those conversations. Okay. I learned what else? a lot from that. Um, I felt like you did a good job of dealing with my strengths and weaknesses. And what, what I mean, this isn't like a specific memory, I guess, but as far as... Um, I keep talking about the, the job, the good job that I did. Say more. <laughs> All right. Well, what, what I mean by this is, is um, I'm good at some things and not at others, right? And you did a good job of realizing that, oh, John Paul likes to, to teach. John Paul likes yeah. to think through good questions. And so, for example, you know, you let me actually teach a class about yeah. questions where we polled students and, you know, what are some difficult topics? Let's kind of discuss these together. That was a, let's play the John Paul strength situation. Yeah. But other times you would, you would put me in situations that are very uncomfortable for me. So, for example, I'm a... I'm a very planned out person. I'm kind of serious. I'm not really, you know, too goofy or not. You're more fun than I am. Let's just put it that way, right? <laughs> and and I, I'm not very spontaneous. So I, you know, growing up, I would ask my mom, what's for breakfast, you know, tomorrow and the day after, et cetera, <laughs> right? And one event that you took me on was called a mystery trip, right? And and this is terrifying for me because I'm going to trust you. What we did, we got we got on a bus. We didn't tell the teens where we were going. You didn't even tell the adult volunteers where we were going. I no. knew what city we were going to, but that was about it. And and we loaded up on a bus. We got everyone together, and we just drove. And we drove for hours and, and days. And and we yeah. we made really exciting stops along the way. We were we were playing football and going to the beach and, and all kinds of great memories. But we never knew what was coming next. And for me, that was terrifying. But you made me do it anyway, and honestly, I'm more fun because I worked with you, and I, you know, I learned from those two. And I, so I felt like you put me in situations to, to to develop my strengths and also to kind of stretch me in my more uncomfortable areas, right? And that was that was really great. Well, that is ironic because I I did not notice. I mean, you didn't appear to be uncomfortable during that process because you you just you had a knack for jumping in and making just trying to you know, make the conversation in the back of the bus fun, no matter, you know, it, maybe <laughs> well, that was you. how yeah. you distracted yourself <laughs> from the frustration of not having more information. Um, but what I'm hearing you say is there were opportunities in your apprenticeship to use your gifts and step into your strengths and, and make those stronger and better. Uh-huh. And and you also had opportunities to be pushed out of your comfort zone and to be and to have your struggle. And, and it was bit. actually it was fun to realize that, you know, something that I was maybe afraid of, right? Could 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 actually be That's a good cool. thing and, like and a that. fun thing. And you made me even dance a couple times, David, right? <laughs> I, I, I that that reminds me of the summer the, your first summer I, when, oh when, dear <laughs> when you, you played uh, you know, when I put you in the skit at, at camp our very first year um, JP okay I don't remember I guess it was work camp the very first week of your first summer this is the summer of 2013 and I'm trying to remember this now you you had a guitar somebody had a guitar at work camp we were staying here at the building and we were painting houses here in Nashville. Um, thing called Nashville Work Camp that's a wonderful start to our summer. And I didn't know until that week, you'd been in, apprenticing for nine months. Yeah, yeah. And okay. I heard you playing Kansas, maybe, or Boston, or... Something like that. Anyway. I, everybody loves classic rock, or everyone should love, love classic, classic rock. rock. <laughs> well, I heard you, and I thought... I. Nobody with the bowl cut like yours could be able to play the guitar this cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, how how is this possible? So I listened, and by the time the week the week was over, I was like, JP, don't don't tell anybody you know how to play the guitar. And I, I was like, how many people around here know that you know how to play the guitar? You said, I yeah, like, like nobody or I mean, something. I, no, <laughs> there had not been occasion to do that for you. And I was like, keep that under wraps because I, I got a plan. So about three or three, I guess three weeks later, we're at camp. And we're getting ready to do this skit. And one of the one of the things that was happening in the skit was we needed this person who appeared to have no real gift to contribute. Uh, that person, which was you, ended up being the the like the star of the show. You know, the community came together and put on a, a rock concert. And this person with apparently no ability to help us out whatsoever becomes the guy playing the guitar. You know, and. And our students were like, "Whoa, this! It, it was a cool moment." And and the idea of showing off your ability to play the guitar in front of 250 people at our camp was extremely uncomfortable for you. You know that that was not what you wanted to do. There was a reason nobody had heard you play the guitar. You know, you just 
<laughs> I, I, I don't know why. Well, it, it, I better. There wasn't a reason for me to have played the guitar right. in front of 200 people yet, right? So they're... Um, Sure, and and so, but that that those moments where you get stretched, uh, that's so cool. What what I find interesting is in the summer of I guess it was 2011. I had a I had an intern. His name was Corey Stumney. Corey, if you're listening to this podcast, you know I love you like crazy. the teens love Corey. I remember all the great memories oh, from Corey. Corey, yeah. yes, he was talk, a little talk about me, fun. But. <laughs> but the thing is, Corey, that summer, his gift and still is. I mean, he's a teacher. He's a speaker. He he commands a room. He's got the gift of of teaching and preaching, but I didn't use it. You know, we did not give him opportunities to do that. And the apprenticeship or the the internship ended and he was headed back to school and we kind of did our summer debrief and it was like, what do we need to know for his next summer? <laughs> and Corey was like, well, you know, just sometimes there's interns have gifts that they want to they wanna use and get better at. And I, and I feel like that's the, if that's the one thing that this summer that I didn't get to do was use my one the one thing I'm best at. And I remember sitting there thinking, oh, oh, you know, because he had had such an amazing summer. And I, uh-huh, and for, uh-huh. for me, he had been the perfect intern. He'd done a great job. He had done a terrific job, and we loved him, and he we knew he was going to make a great youth minister, and he's now doing youth ministry in downtown Little Rock and just a terrific person and minister. But he didn't get a chance that summer to use the one gift that he felt like God had given him in spades and and I really regret that now. So anyway, it's it's I think it's important to you know push out of the comfort zone, but also use the gifts that are there and let let the person play to their strengths too. Uh, what what what's next? What else? Do we have time to do one more? Uh, I think we've got some time. Um, one one of my favorite things was the opportunity to do a second year in my internship. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of times. I mean, especially if you just do a summer, right? You barely have time to meet the teens and the students before you're you're done, right? So you go, you have a great time, and then it's like, you know, it was it's over, and you go, and 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 a lot of times you don't ever see each other again. And so it was really great to come back, not because relationships was one reason it was great to connect because I got to form relationships with students that I didn't know before. Yeah. There were people that the first time, you know, they weren't, they didn't like me, they didn't trust me, what for whatever reason. And the second year we became great friends. And some other, you know, students that I was close to got to get even closer with. Another reason is all the events we did, I was familiar with. It's like, um, like Groundhog Day, right? Yeah. And you come back the second day, and you're yeah. you're ready to maybe you know dodge a few things yeah, you yeah. didn't catch the day before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're ready to be a little quicker on your feet yeah, than you were the time reference. before. And it's it's a lot of fun, and you get to you know enjoy it and get into it and do a better job. I felt like I could probably you know lead and do things better my second year than I did my first year. Um, so I, so that was one uh, great thing. Another just great memory um, was actually this past week. Um, we had our annual Youth Sunday. Wait, but you weren't you you aren't on staff anymore. How did this? How happen? did this happen? Because we're still <laughs> friends, and I'm still involved with these teens later. And that's so, what's great about this is just, you know these relationships continue to last. So ironically, Princeton gets this it gives you a, a reading week. Yes, yes. Um, as if there's not enough reading, you know, already <laughs> the semester. A whole week just to read. So you give reading week, and you come down here, you know, to Chattanooga, your hometown, but you come in town for church here last Sunday. Yeah. And it was ironic because it was a cool moment, to, a cool Sunday to be in town. Yeah, so we had Youth Sunday. So everything in service was done by our teens. So, so two of our teens were preaching to our young men that were actually some great friends of mine when I was here. I had spent some time mentoring yeah, right. one of them. Actually, Sam Belter and I had a relationship where we would meet weekly and have lunch and talk. And he yeah. actually wants to be a youth minister now. He's a, he's about to be a freshman in college, and I just can't wait to see the things that yeah. he's going to do. Uh, and Caleb Carney also preached another great guy, super hard worker. Um, and uh, we had eleven students on our praise team. You they know, were singing, led by a, a, a youth song, youth worship leader. They, they, they did the Eucharist. They, there was a spoken word poetry that one of our teens wrote, and another one performed, and yeah. it was awesome. They did tech. They greeted. They did the whole thing. Yeah. It was the most meaningful service I've been to probably in like just months. It was. Yeah. They did a great job, and it's awesome to see people that you know when I met they were maybe a little more introverted 14-year-old, and now they're in front of everybody, they're having a blast, and they're using their gifts together as a team, and they're they're putting something together as a team of students that any one or even two or three of them could could never pull off. But you get them all together and all pointing at each other and pointing at God, and it's something beautiful and exciting. And that's not something that I did, but it was a wonderful thing to to see and to to be a part of in some ways. and that's the getting kind, to see some fruit too, I guess, right? Well, and I was going to say that's the kind of thing that that if you only spend one summer at a place, 
maybe the impact of watching that unfold is going to be a little different from a place where you've invested, you know, a couple of years. And what's funny is from the resource side, I mean, I think we paid you $300-ish a month or something like that during that second school year. The first school year we got for free. I mean, it's the benefit of this program that gives us access to, to a student who wants to lead for that kind of time because you're con- you were connected to all those students and uh-huh. and had a hand over two years in helping them become you know not just the individuals that they are but the but the group that they are too uh, so I, that's one thing I was going to say and I love it when interns come in for a summer but that but there is something really powerful about finding an intern for your summer who lives in town and could maybe be pulled back in to be a small group leader during the school year. Even if it's not an official apprenticeship where you pay them, just just to get that college student in between internships, an opportunity to spend a school year in and around your ministry using their gifts uh, in a volunteer capacity, just just really cool stuff. All right, well, one more fun. Yeah, give us one. one more. Okay, so this one, honestly, is not very spiritual, but it's it was a blast, right? So, and this I'll be I'll be the judge of that. And this is something I'm actually pretty proud of, as you'll see in a moment. So. Last summer we had a lock-in with how many students we have, David? It was it, oh, I don't know. It was it was the only thing we did all summer that was middle school and high school combined. And over a hundred students. We'll just oh, start it was and, huge. And, and a good bit over. Um, and so we did a Harry Potter themed lock-in. And and for the for the listening audience, you know, if you're in youth ministry and you go to you know the national conferences or places that talk about youth ministry, lock-ins have become it's become pretty popular. To, to treat the lock-in idea like a punching bag, you know, like a, an ancient tool that no longer has a place in our youth ministries. And and I think there's a lot of reasons why we've sort of turned on the lock-in. A lot of people have negative memories. A lot of youth ministers do yeah. of what's happened. Yeah. Because there's chaos or there's students that you lose track of or everybody falls asleep in the middle of the night. And you, the stories of, of, you know, you just... Un, 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 Things that you didn't want to happen ended up occurring. You know, we we decided years ago that if we ever did a lock-in, we would we would make it something that engages the mind and engages the student all night all night long. And so we're we're doing ministry all night long, and we're everybody's got a point. <laughs> everybody's got a reason to be where they're at, and there are things happening, and it's it's. It was intense, and actually, it's for really reasons, special. We hadn't done a lock-in for for years. The teens, it had been two years, oh, and so uh, the teens, only I guess the seniors had been to a lock-in before, and they were so excited. And so we spent, you know, a, like a while planning this oh, theme. Yeah. And and oh, yeah. the theme was was Harry Potter and Hogwarts. We had, we broke all the teens up into four different houses, mm-hmm. and each of the interns was a prefect. And for some reason, you guys placed me over Slytherin. I don't know if that was, it was indicative of my of my spiritual place at the time or what. But for whatever reason, so I was the prefect of Slytherin, and and throughout the night we would rotate around. We we had butter beer, not actual beer. It was butterscotch, but and we we had a water slide because that just screams Harry Potter. We had trivia, and the best part for me was we had a Quidditch tournament. We did, and a I was Quidditch game was invented in our gym by by I guess Drew Clark, our, our other intern, middle yeah. school intern, Drew Clark. Brilliant idea, Drew, and a great beard that. Oh yeah, we put to rest that we we actually shaved right. off Drew's beard at that the night. rocket. Yes, that yes. night, and we, it was it was very exciting. But we were playing Quidditch, and I got to function <laughs> as the coach for Slytherin, <laughs> and we dominated, David. Like I was so proud of my team. I think it's due to my knowledge of Quidditch, the <laughs> inner think? workings of yeah, the sport, because I'm sure. we, of course we, we we dominated the other teams in Quidditch, and so I actually still have <laughs> the house cup in my dorm room from our Harry Potter lock-in, and I'm, I'm very proud of that. It's, it's, it's a, one of my, you know, relics, That's if a cool, you will, is the, uh, the, the Otter Cup. Creek House Cup lock-in. Yeah. Um, well, what's, you know, my memories of that, of course, you obviously had a big hand in, in winning the, you know, the, the, the House Cup. As in, but, I, I had all the, 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 the sophomores that played football were on you, my team. You also, <laughs> you, had, you had some students in your house that just from the very beginning 
They said, we are going to have the time of our lives tonight, no matter who gets put in our house. You know, we, we divided up at random. I mean, we, we, people, people were going into different houses from their best friends. I mean, it was a, it was a night where, and you had some, some seniors that just said, or graduates, they were headed off to college who came to this thing. And they decided this is going to be the best the night ever. Thing ever. And so everything that happened, they clapped. Everybody, they every person that joined their house. They every time a little crazy. sixth grader that nobody knew came like, yeah, this little guy is the best and at ever. Four in the morning when we say, hey, you guys are going to need to go into the sanctuary and film a lip dub video. They were like, let's do this. Yeah, it was wonderful. And, and so, you know, obviously you had a big hand in that because honestly, some, yeah. some of some of what makes you special is you do have an attitude that says, right now I can learn something. Right now I can have, and every person in my life has something to speak into my life. And so I, I, I think you were part of it. Um, that was a that was a neat night. So what exactly did you learn from that? What did I learn? <laughs> what, um, what can what, what? lock-ins can work? Now it it takes a lot of planning. You have to have a lot of adult volunteers, and it probably works. But if you go all out, as in. Don't have these like awkward breaks, like let's nap for a bit, let's watch a movie, that kind of thing. But just yeah. going, let's do something fun and incredible that these teens don't get to do all year, all night, back to back to back. Yes. And if, if you do it, you'll be exhausted, but you will create a memory that, that teens will never forget. And, yeah. and you might never forget either. It can be a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> we, so, so, so it can work. It's doable to have a great locket. And we had mice, didn't we? Or gerbils? Or what did we have? We, we had set a, mice free. <laughs> we had a mouse race. They yeah. were in these little balls. Yeah. Coco went and got, one of our other interns got four mice. For each these, of the houses. Yes. And, uh, and it was and we a set beautiful, them free outside in the parking lot to see who would, would run to a certain thing the fastest. No, 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 no wait. We no, had wait. them. They were in these little. Uh, they, no, they weren't set free. You're right. Spheres. They were in the little. And they raced down the, down right. the sanctuary aisle. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that is so great. Well, I, I we're out of time, and, and JP, I know we could ask you more. I'm going to start the music, give a hug, and let me just say this, that my prayer for your schooling is that God would just continue to fill you up and prepare you for Thank ministry you, David. one day. Thank you, David. Thank you. And for your marriage, that, that God will give the two of you the opportunity and the gift and the strength and the peace to find in one another uh, his heart and to serve one another Philippians 2 style. Uh, anything you want to say to the listeners here as we close down? Uh, just thanks so much for tuning in. I, I've had a blast. Um, David is one of my best friends. We have a great time uh, together. And so, just, yeah, just thanks for putting out with me for a bit. It's all right, see fun. if you can make at least one more B before this is all said and done, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, <laughs> thanks, David. Love you, dude. Thanks. All right, we'll see you next time on the digital side hub. All right.